Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I'm Craig Hoffman. All right, let's dive in on a couple of the position updates, just positions that we have been keeping an eye on throughout the spring. Now, again, two days worth of data, but some interesting developments along the way. Perhaps the most newsworthy thing of the day happens at tight end. Antonio Gandy-Golden retires. He was the 2020 uh, draft pick at wide receiver, converted to tight end in the spring. This isn't that big of a deal. Like, uh, I mean, obviously it's a huge deal for Antonio, and he's going to go back to right. school and pursue uh, whatever it is he's going to pursue in school. And congratulations to him on making that decision. I, that's that can't be easy to pass up. Right. Uh, you know, even if it's practice yeah. squad money, like practice squad, it's not good NFL money compared to what you get if you're on the active roster. But like, that's a six figure gig, I think. Uh, yep. So you know, you pass that up and and go back to school, and and hopefully he is happy with that and continues to to grow as a, a human being and whatever uh, productive thing he's going to do in society with the degree that he gets. Um, so that's great for him. Um, but like he probably wasn't going to make the team. So for the purposes yeah. of, of us on this end of it and the podcast, like that really isn't that big of a deal, but John Bates didn't practice today. That means more opportunities yeah. for some of the young guys competing for either the third and or fourth spots, especially with Logan uh, Thomas continuing to be out one, any concern about Bates, to how those young guys look, including Samis Reyes. Yeah, I didn't get to talk to Bates today. Uh, you know, I couldn't tell, I, you know, because he didn't seem like he was injured. He didn't go out with the injured guys. He didn't have any extra stuff on. So they might have just been kind of holding guys out. You know, Gibson kind of took, took an easy day today. Bates took an easy day. Like I said, Leno had a vet day. So maybe they were just kind of letting guys go out. It was ridiculously hot the first half of practice. So maybe they're just trying to keep people out of the stuff and get an evaluation on the other guys, you know, because I think you know right now Bates is the best guy at the position. He's the most trustworthy. He's played the most offensive snaps for you, which is crazy because it's his second year. But I, you feel very, very, very confident with what Bates has done through OTAs, through minicamp. First two days look great. So that kind of leaves you to the next group, which is Sam East Reyes, and he kind of looks like Bates 2.0. I think everyone thinks this basketball player, he's a little stiff, right? He's a little stiff. He's strong. He competes in line like he's going to be a Y, right? That's what he is. That's who his identity is. And then the next group is um, Cole Turner and um, Curtis Hodges. Cole Turner, every time I see him run a route, I think he's got something that um, could potentially be special from a route running standpoint. The thing I'm kind of I'm kind of frustrated with is they don't seem to be using him as like a mismatch weapon. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing that I like, I want to see if he can do that. He shows good twitch on certain routes. He shows good savvy. He shows good awareness. He shows great hands. 
let's see if he can take on a bigger role and be a contributor to this offense because he does have a unique skill set being as big as he is and um, having the explosion out of certain cuts. Not all cuts because he, he is so tall, but certain cuts he's very twitched up coming out of. So I just want to see a little bit more from him and like where he fits. And then Curtis Hodges is another guy that I think is um, – is very special from a movement standpoint. Like he's not the fastest guy, but he's got like these silky smooth hips. He's six eight. He's a little on the thin side, and he competes in line. I think the thing with him is like they want him to be a Y potentially, but he um, but he doesn't quite. He's not quite there from a conception standpoint in the running game. He's plenty physical. He's got great length. He does a good job in that category. But I think there needs some 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 learning needs to happen. But again, catches the football great. So I want to see more of those guys. I want to see them get to run a different kind of route tree. But that's not really what Scott does. So that's kind of a frustrating point for me in terms of evaluation. I want something to separate them. And right now, nothing has kind of done that. They've both just been really consistent, minus a couple mental mistakes here and there. And then the other guy that I think deserves a little bit of shout out is the fullback who works out with the tight ends. I can't remember his name. He's from Carolina. And he's an interesting guy because he does play teams. He does kind of give you this fullback mentality, which is helpful because a lot of your runs that you're running in this offense, you don't necessarily need to be on the line of scrimmage. So I think that's a guy that, again, could be a dark horse for that fourth spot because of the fullback flex special teams stuff that he does. Talking about uh, Alex Arma. Alex Arma, thank you. Yeah, so I, I think yeah. that, that again, that group is still very, very interesting and in some ways more compelling without AGG in there because now those guys that were going to make the team or are in contention to make the team get more reps to do that. And so I think that's, um, again, that, that to me that's one of the most compelling uh, position battles of training camp. Definitely. Um, can you explain to folks the difference between like Y, F, any of the other oh, sure. positions yeah, that so. they're, they're using and how that could affect like how that could actually affect who makes the roster because you know if they feel like they're using in this offense more y tight end versus f versus h versus whatever other variations there are uh in this offense you know maybe a guy like reyes has an elevated chance even if cole turner has the chance to be a better quote-unquote matchup weapon or however you want to want to look at that yeah, I think that's a really good point. So a Y, like traditional Y skill set is a guy who's going to put his hand on the ground, be in a three-point stance, a guy that can block a defensive end, work works work some in the pass protection game, and is also a serviceable route runner. So that is like John Bates to a T. And Sam Israels is very, very close to him in terms of that skill set. They're almost identical. So you have two Ys right there, right? And the crazy thing, and we'll talk about this as we go, so I'll come back to that point. Remind me about that. The next point is your F. Your F is kind of your move guy. He'll line up in the slot. Remind Logan about the thing. About the thing. Excellent. And then he'll line up off the ball. They do a little bit more movement from a blocking standpoint, so they'll kind of flash back across the line of scrimmage. They'll pull sometimes. They'll insert. They just do some different blocking stuff. They'll block out in space a little bit more. So that's where Cole really comes in because he basically played wide receiver in college. I think – and so when you're constructing a room, you have a Y – Right, and then you probably have two guys with like an F skill set, and one of those that guys that could that isn't doesn't excel in the run game, but can get by in the run game. So Logan Thomas is like the perfect F because he can put his hand on the ground sometimes, but you probably prefer him in space. Cole Turner probably more of a space guy than in line guy, more of a receiver, right? So not even that kind of underlying blocking skill set of an F, but does fine. He competes, and we'll see how he looks with the pads on. And I think Curtis Hodges is probably like a perfect split of the both. 
He's probably a Y, but you feel good about his matchup because of his size, right? So I think when you're constructing that room, you say those first two guys, you have a starting Y and a starting F, right? So in this case, it would be Bates and Thomas. And if and if camp started ended today, it's maybe Cole Turner. That's why that's an interesting relationship there. And then you have um, your third spot. And your third spot is a guy who's got to do both but has to be crucial on special teams. And that's the thing that I wanted to bring up earlier. That third spot is a special team spot through and through, right? Because you're not going to play a lot on first and second down. You're not going to play a lot, period. Even if there's an injury, usually they'll bring another wide receiver in to fill that spot. So you have to be a murderer on teams. And that's where I think Sam East kind of separates himself. and Or Alex Armour even kind of separates himself a little bit because they say, we have played special teams in the NFL. We've done a good job at it. And despite the talent of those two young guys, they haven't done that. And so if you're going to keep four, maybe one of them's on. But I think for special teams value, you're really looking at Sam East or Arma to fill that spot. And then assuming when Logan Thomas gets back that one of those other guys kind of kicks back to practice squad or kicks into like a fourth rotational spot. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, this is a good time to bring up the uh, Michael Phillips point that nobody wants your practice squad, guys. Um, every team in the league has guys that are right on the edge of a roster, and they right. would rather keep their guys than take on your guys. So unless Cole Turner goes out and puts up 100 yards a game in the preseason, in which case he's probably making your roster, uh, yeah. like you're going to be able to get him to practice squad. Same thing with Samis, same thing with a lot of these guys that – you're going to fall in love with over the next month. And as much as you fall in love with them, as, as good as they may look, every other team has the same exact guy who's got a different name and number and is a different different, different 100%. guy, but the same guy. I love that you said that. I think the only issue that I see in getting Cole Turner to practice squad is that he was a fifth-round pick. And right. those guys with draft capital to their name, because everyone knows them, they were on everybody's evaluation for tight end, can be tough to get to. So that's that's one that I think you might end up with, you know, um, Bates, Logan, Sam East, and then Cole, you know, and then Alex Armour gets flexed to the practice squad. Because right. again, he's a guy you probably could get to flag practice squad. Right. And so, and that's kind of what I mean. It's like there's, but also if you needed to, you could get Sam East to practice squad. Now that yes. runs into the special teams problem, but you're probably either keeping Arma or keeping a fourth tight end. Like, it's almost like the battle is between those those positions and like a fifth linebacker or a Correct. fifth safety as yep. opposed to and this this I I feel like I try to explain it every year and we've certainly mentioned it on the pod before like at some point you're not competing against the other people in your room you're competing against the last guy in the in the room down the hall because of special teams and and I think sometimes people forget that uh speaking of linebacker uh by the way and secondary yep. we want to touch on those two real quick before we head out on this here edition of Take Command. Uh, so linebacker, I mean, I saw a lot of tweets that mentioned Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis doing things. Cole obviously had the interception yeah. return for a touchdown today. Not it Kind of right place, right time, but he made the play. Yep. Um, and, and I think it's significant, one, because we spent so much time talking about it and to get the update is worthwhile. But Ron Rivera added pressure to this on Monday 
uh, or Tuesday, whatever day it was that he had his press conference, uh, the season opening one, I think it was Tuesday, um, where he said, or he was asked, you know, do you guys want to still bring in a veteran in any position, specifically linebacker? And he goes, you know, we're going to see how they look this first week, and then if we want to bring in anybody else, we'll go from there. And so the fact that he was well, ready to admit, like, yeah, there's there's always a chance we're going to em- embrace some competition there if, if we need a little bit more competition. And the fact that he put a, a bit of a timeline on it, I don't know how, like, he's just talking. Like, it's not like it's, yeah. okay, it's a week, but, like, clearly that came from somewhere. He's not talking right. out of his, you know, out of yeah, wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically long windup given a lot of context and background to say how have these guys looked over two days and what's the trend at linebacker yeah that's that's a that's a really good question I think you know I think obviously Jamin's looking better and I think I'm excited to see him with pads on because I think he's going to look good with helmets on because he's fast he's big and he's his recognition is getting better um, we had an interview with him today and he mentioned like how impactful Cole has been and how studious Cole has been and how Cole just, you know, basically is able to kind of give him hints on the plays and the formations and where to be uh, before the ball is even snapped. So that kind of stuff is really cool to hear that Cole's taken on that role. And I think if you're a coach, that's almost as important as what you're seeing on the field. And so what I would say is that Cole, again, looks good, looks athletic. I want to see him with the pads on. I want to see how they look because sometimes I'm a little... Um, uncertain when I watch practice of how they're fitting runs sometimes I'm like is that your gap is this your gap like it looks a little muddy and there's so much RPO in this offense that it's hard to know where the fit is and if they're in the right spot because I'm like it looks like there's a hole here but the quarterback chose to pull it so are they actually stressing you Um, and again they're they're both good athletes they both show up Uh, I kind of feel like this is maybe a crazy thing to say that this offense does not attack that level of the defense in a super organized way in the same way that like a Kyle Shanahan offense would. So it's hard to know where they're at from that standpoint. Cause you know, there's times where they're, they're just dropping to spots, you know, or they're kind of matching the back or they're matching a crosser and it's like, they can all run. So they run really well with those concepts. And are you really getting any information about that? And there are different coverages. And, you know, like I said, um, you know, like there's some tough stuff with regards to, um, um, like, you know, in this coverage, they're supposed to match and this coverage, they're supposed to sit and this coverage, they're supposed to pass it off. But I'd say on the whole, they, um, they look, they look good and they look about as good as you want them to look. I think to me, the bigger question, in my opinion, is Cam Curl that plays kind of linebacker on first and second down and Forrest, um, in the back end, who's looked much better coming out of OTA is kind of cleaning up some of those mental mistakes and that over aggressiveness towards the line of scrimmage. So having Cam there, having Jamin there, having Cole there, Kalik Hudson's worked in a little bit there, um, I think is a, um, you feel good about that group. The problem with me and the linebacker depth is you feel good about Mayo, kind of that special teams guy, but who's your fifth guy and who, you know, like, do you need to bring Bostic back for a more mentorship role or something like that? Or do you feel good about those four guys kind of holding down the fort? Right, and that was what I was going to ask too. Is like, I guess, I guess four when you've only got two as your starters is is an acceptable number. Five, maybe. Um, yeah. But is is there anyone even worth taking a look at? You know. Yeah, and, I think and, that's the there, question. Because the thing is, like, there is, there are names out there. Yeah. Like there are guys out there that have played a lot of NFL football and some at a very high level. And if 
you know, if you're going purely in the spirit of competition, it makes no sense not to bring those guys in. Of course, they would be taking reps away from Jamin and Cole, so uh, it does make sense. I'm not, it's, you know, we're not merely in the spirit of competition. We're in the, the, the spirit of being the best football team that you can be. Um, but I do think it's interesting that they have decided to, as training camps gets, got started, they didn't bring in a veteran guy to compete from day one of camp, that they are continuing to do that and and just kind of let these young guys go. And, and it, it, when it would, A, make sense to have some competition and, B, make a lot of sense to have a veteran in the room. They just don't. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Um, and I think in some ways it's a vote of confidence for those guys. And, again, I think the – I think the crux point, the pivot point here is probably the first day they got pads on, first two days. I think that's when you're going to see, like, oh, we need to make a move here. Like, because, uh, you know, some of the things that Jamin's, like, Jamin has improved dramatically in recognition, right? He's gotten way better in those in that category. You can just tell. He looks like a different player. But the thing, some of the things he struggled with were tackling and de- block destruction, right? So what is he going to do with the block destruction stuff? Because he, they don't have to do a lot of that now. He's looked fine without the pads on. But it's a different animal with the pads on. So if he comes out and kind of falls on his face uh, for a couple of days, like I would expect to see someone come in sooner rather than later, just to kind of be like, we need somebody here. Um, and again, that's not a great situation for Jamin to be in, and I don't think that's going to happen. But again, that that's if I was the coach, that's when I would make that move. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, uh, you kind of we, we already started our transition to the secondary. Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, sorry. No, that's it, no apology necessary. That's where that's we're good at. Television. Anyway. That's good re- podcasting. Television. What yeah. Are we, what are we doing? Television, here, radio, podcasting. I don't know. <laughs> what are we doing? We're just talking. We're talking football. Um, so where's where's Cam playing, and then who is yeah. the other guy playing around him? Because St. Juice is playing a ton of nickel from everything yep. that I've seen, and, and obviously that could be a huge part of what they do, where they play more nickel, quote unquote, this year because St. Juice is a corner. It's it's still nickel. It becomes Buffalo nickel when you put a safety down there. But if St. Juice, if they're calling the same plays and just doing different personnel, like it's still a solution. So what have you seen so far from that rotation of guys? And, and ultimately, how is that trending? Well, the defense hasn't put their Cinco package in yet, which is their five defensive linemen. And so on base, it's four down. And then you have your two linebackers, Jamin and Cole. And then... Uh, curl is your safety right so to get Cole down in the box is like your buffalo nickel box safety whatever linebacker whatever you want to call that role you need to get a a backup safety in so that's where Forrest has come in and he's looked pretty good man he's looked pretty good over the first again it's just two days but the thing that kind of marred his OTA period and minicamp period was he was just giving up a ton of big plays and um, he has been tested twice so far and and kind of stayed home maybe would have gotten a PI on one but at least he's in the right spot so that's good. That's an encouraging sign if that's the way you want to go. Another guy to keep an eye on is Percy Butler, who, again, is, I think, backing up kind of that first and second down nickel role for Cam Curl, that kind of Buffalo role. Um, and he is a guy, man. He can flat out fly to the football. I don't know if he's always doing the right thing because he's kind of, you know, like <laughs> he's – but like there's times where like, holy cow, he closed that distance fast. So yeah. it'd be cool if he could kind of work himself into something more because having that extra speed on the field would be pretty cool. And then we've already talked about Benjamin St. Juice. Like he has, uh, you know, he's looking like a guy who's ready for varsity, ready for high-level stuff, going to be a very, very, very solid pro. So I think that's something that gets me really excited about um, 
about him, you know, and again, the health issue there, you know, I had an interview with Ron earlier this week. And one of the things he mentioned was like, you know, maybe he can do that on first and second down for us. We don't know yet. We want to see how that looks with the pads on. So there's another thing. So maybe you don't need to worry about Forrest in the post because Cam can stay there and Benjamin can play in the box, which again would be pretty dramatic, but not outside the realm of possibility because he is a big dude. Like he's a tall dude. He's not like a you know, right. like you see, like you see Cam, and I think they weigh the same actually. But Cam is like built different. He's built like in a solid, stout kind of way, even though he's a tall guy. And Benjamin is not. He's like very narrow-shouldered, skinny wrists kind of guy. And I think um, that's like just a different body type. And I would feel much more comfortable with Cam there, or even Butler, who's not a big guy, but again, just built in a different type of way. So again, that's that's I think a really interesting position battle to keep an eye on, and especially when the pads come on. One thing that I'm hoping Ron gets asked over the next couple of days, I'll probably text someone and be like, hey, what do you think about asking this uh, since I don't, I don't go there and ask questions anymore, uh, is if, what, like, where the relationship was left with Landon. And if he mm. is he still unsigned, if he yeah. can be a possibility um, at that Buffalo nickel spot, if they, if they ultimately feel like they need it. But, you know, through a couple of days, so far so good. And uh, we'll see how things are when we reconvene for Take Command on Monday. Uh, yeah. So with that, make sure that you're watching all the training camp coverage uh, at Commanders on Twitter uh, for Logan and Julie Donaldson and Santana and everybody uh, that's hopping on their set for training camp live. Of course, we have daily reaction, including the training camp five at five every single day on the Hoffman show where we play the five most important sound bites from training camp each and Ooh. every day. And make sure you listen to 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980 all day long. We got you covered here at Odyssey Sports. All right. Uh, With that, we will see you guys on Monday. If you like what you hear, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. It will come to you as soon as it is out. Uh, Also, shout out, uh, Matt Essig has joined the squad. Matt! Uh, So uh, he's helping us produce this show now because when you do a daily radio show, you have less time to produce the podcast. But happy to still be hosting it. Uh, Shout out to Matt for, for helping us out. Uh, all right, that's that's really it. That's all, because it's, it's 2.20 now. I have a radio show in 40 minutes. Time to go get ready, uh, and we'll see you Monday on Take Command. <laughs>